Welcome to the Audio Club podcast. In this episode, we prepare for the outbreak of the Door Wars. That's Door as in digital audio workstation. Software packages such as Ableton Live, Logic Pro, Reaper, Pro Tools, Audacity, there are more, which form an essential part of your arsenal for anyone who wants to record and produce their own music. They all do similar things, but they also have differences. So how do you decide which one to use? My guests are Angel Lee and Emily J Electric. Angel is a Leeds-based DJ and producer who uses Logic Pro, while Sheffield musician and educator Emily is a self-described fan of Ableton Live. Although each is ready to fight their corner for their door of choice, we'll be keeping things friendly by talking about how to get started with these often dauntingly feature-packed tools and how to get the best from them, whichever door turns out to be the right one for you. So arm your tracks or just listen from a safe distance as it's time to join Audio Club. So I wondered if you could start with telling us a bit about your work and um, what door you like to use as a preference. Um, Angel, could you start for us? Hi. Um, yes. So um, I'm a DJ, producer and composer. Um, I use Logic Pro X uh, to produce. Um, I do actually sometimes use Ableton, but more for editing. Um, so my preferred um, choice of door is Logic Pro X. Thank you. So let's just be clear that when we're talking about doors, we're not talking about the things between rooms or spaces. We're talking about digital audio workstations, which are basically your music making or sound making software. So Emily, what's your preference and what do you do generally with music and sound? Hey, well, I am a performer, producer and educator, facilitator. And I, I'm really, really keen on Ableton Live. So I started out with that and I've been using it ever since. Um, and I also teach it now as well. Cool. Thank you. And um, could you both just let us know what your sort of setup is and what, what you'd say would be the essentials for being able to run something like Ableton or Logic? So Logic is a door that's on Mac. Um, so I use an iMac. Um, you can use a MacBook. Um, I also use a, a MIDI keyboard um, and I use um, external speakers and a sound card as well. So I can hear everything really clearly. Fantastic. Thank you. And Emily, what would your standard setup or let's say your most portable setup would be? Uh, well, you need a sound card, which is also called an audio interface. So that's essential. Um, if you're going to record anything or play any instruments, because you need to have an interface to connect the connect all your external stuff to the computer. So yeah, my minimal setup, I suppose, would be an audio interface, my laptop and an instrument. So I play the Iwi, which is a really cool instrument that stands for electric wind instrument. And it looks like a clarinet, kind of like a space age clarinet made of plastic and metal. And I could use that to control any of the instruments or sounds in Ableton Live. So I suppose that would be my most minimal performance setup would be the Iwi, a small controller, audio interface and laptop. And of course, plenty of cables, um, chargers, all those extra little bits that you need. 
And a trusty set of headphones. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Very important. Yeah. Yeah. And so does your electric um, wind instrument, is that, is that, does that go in via MIDI or does that go in via audio? The model I've got uh, goes in via MIDI. There is also an EWI USB, which uh, you can put in yeah, directly into your laptop with the USB input. And my model actually has a built-in synth, which means it does have sounds inside it. Hmm. So I can uh, play directly um, audio. So I could connect my instrument directly to speakers or headphones, but I prefer to use it with MIDI. Yeah, so I've been producing for over 20 years electronic music and obviously the technology has changed. And I mean, if we go back to, you know, the tape composers and all the <laughs> kit that you needed <laughs> then and nowadays it is great. I mean, you can actually, you could almost possibly do without the interface. You could have a USB mic, couldn't you? And you could have a USB yeah. connection via MIDI, which is like musical instrument digital interface. It's almost like virtual instruments that you can use as controllers. So yeah, nowadays a laptop and headphones, it's amazing what you can do, isn't it? yeah really is yeah fantastic cool um and yeah so how do you use them so i myself am a logic user for studio sort of production composition work especially if i'm working with uh, other art forms like film and then um and for creating like my, an album or something or my own productions but then i actually prefer ableton for live so i'm interested to hear how you two use your preferred digital audio workstations so emily maybe you could start with ableton yeah well actually i'll be interested to hear what angel says about this because the reason why i started using ableton in the first place was for live performance and at that time i think i started with eight ableton live eight version eight and um that was really the main one that all live performers used because you have the session view and I know that the most recent version of Logic has introduced something similar, but I've not tried it out. So I'll be interested to know if Angel has tried it. Basically, the session view in Ableton, which you'll know, Caro, is uh, you have little blocks, which are called clips. So they're little blocks of music. And that could be anything from one little sample or an entire track if you're playing DJ tracks. And you can set those blocks of music off in any order or any combination. So it's really flexible. It's really good for playing live. And yeah, I absolutely love it. I'm a massive Ableton fangirl. <laughs> yeah, and I think the live looping function and live sampling function is really, um, really easy to map to your controller as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you can have a controller with like lots of little buttons or pads on it and the pads will light up the same color mm. as your clips in the session view. So you could like color, like I like to color all my clips. They're a bit less energy, like more melodic clips in a lighter color and then clips that have like a heavier beat or have more energy in a darker color. And then when I'm performing, I can see what I'm doing and remember without having to look at my laptop all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because it's trying to make it as musical and fluid. And it's also taking away the screen, isn't it? That's the great thing about a lot of the controllers you can get. Once you've mapped it to Ableton, you can theoretically do a performance without even having to look at a screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice and really intuitive. And, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment on stage and you just like, you don't always want to fiddle around with your trackpad or your mouse and your computer screen it's it's nice to be able to just push buttons and twiddle knobs yeah it's more intuitive yeah fab and then um angel with your logic preference 
So I find what you said about the live sessions really interesting. And I've not tried that on Logic because I generally just produce on there. So I've not seen that function yet. So I basically use Logic to um, create my house tracks. At university, I did music for Moving Image. So it's good to write, compose Mm -hmm. music to Moving Image because you can import the video. So I really like that function of Logic Pro. I mean, I've used both, but I find for producing and for making music and for composing and writing melodies and using the different instruments I find it so much more easier on Logic whereas Ableton I think is really good for editing for me anyway for if I was to create a mashup of an acapella and a different uh, instrumental I like Ableton for that. Mm, Yeah interesting because I think I find, I don't know what you guys think, but I find that Logic's better for micro editing. I just find it, maybe it's because I'm not I'm not so used to Ableton, but I find, whereas Ableton, I find is really handy and fun just for jamming out ideas and getting things going. And then you go, right, okay, I've got an idea now. And then I take it to Logic. Yes. Um, I just, I've just never, ever tried using Ableton to produce a track from scratch. It's not so, I think I've got Ableton nine maybe I'm not to be honest I'm not actually sure but I just find I think because I've worked with logic for so long I just find it easier and I'm more accustomed to it and I think with um with doors it's finding the one that you find aesthetically easier to look at as well and easy to move around and I think that's sometimes why people choose the different ones because they they view it in an easier manner if that makes sense yeah yeah depending on what works for you and how your brain works and how your musicality yes. works I think yeah of course yeah. yes yeah so if you try and think back to when you started out on your let's say your preferred platform your preferred door can you remember any kind of stumbling blocks I remember starting with Cubase and yeah I actually found it quite intuitive and and settled into it quite well even though I was scared of it beforehand but what can you remember any things that took a while because I think even if you think it's easy to think that none of them work for you when you first start out I think (laughs) yeah yeah oh yeah totally (laughs) I mean just going back to what Angel said about familiarity I think it, it just took me a really long time to feel comfortable and it wasn't necessarily the knowledge, I think just having opened it that many times, I felt more comfortable with the interface and how it looked. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, just more able to just like find out what all the buttons did. And yeah, it took me a long time to to really know. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, well, I started out on Cubase many years ago, probably mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And I think it looked very similar. Logic looked very similar in the, in the layout and, and even the coloring. Mm-hmm. So again, like Emily said, it's the familiarity of seeing something and automatically feeling comfortable with it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think it's um, it becomes a sort of what you're used to. So for example, I, I love the sort of clips, almost like the bank of sounds you can build up, like building blocks yeah. in Ableton. However, I also, I am quite attached to my linear timeline. Yeah. <laughs> you get in Logic that's standard, yeah. as you say. That's interesting how Logic are starting to pick up on that aspect that that, like the other side of the coin isn't it in Ableton yeah definitely and I think um, sometimes if you get a new uh, a new piece of software 
if it looks completely different, it can be overwhelming. Mm. So again, the familiarity comes into why you would prefer one or the other. I've heard a lot of experienced producers say that you can actually make really good music on any door Mm -hmm. uh, because all doors have the timeline view. And I think once you find something that works for you, stick with that because um, the only reason really to use a new piece of software or a new plugin or a new thing is when you know that you need it. So when you know that the software you've got can't do that thing, then that's time to explore new pieces of software. Yeah. 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 I think there's also something when I was starting out, I felt, so I I remember learning Pro Tools engineering school, which I've not used since, but in a sense, it felt good to know that you can use, you're not scared of a new one kind of thing. Because ultimately they all, as you say, they have the same principles. They're there to help you make music. And again, nowadays there's awesome tutorials on YouTube as well from beginners through to more advanced um, quick plug for the wonderful LNA does audio stuff with her (laughs) Ableton um, tutorial she puts out every week. Um, so yeah, in that sense, I think the resources are there, aren't they? But yeah, let's talk about how many doors do we know? I'm I'm working with someone at the moment as a mentor and she is making the most awesome tracks on GarageBand, which is free on her iPhone. And honestly, it sounds, they sound finished. Wow. It's, it's funny that you mentioned Pro Tools actually, because I did that as part of my course and I found that completely overwhelming and really difficult to get my head around. Um, but I know it's, an industry standard with a lot of uh, film composers and Mm -hmm. um, TV but I really really did struggle with that Um, so it's it's interesting to to see how something can totally throw you so Mm. you know um, with Ableton obviously it was a new one for me but I found that easier to get my head around but Mm. Pro Tools yeah I did find it very difficult (laughs) Pro Tools, all, it's all about the keyboard shortcuts. I think that's what makes Pro Tools. Although yeah. I've seen a little keyboard. There's one for Logic as well, isn't it? And obviously Ableton can yes, map. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, let's let's include, let's be inclusive of all the, the doors we know. So I suppose for me, there's like, there's Reaper, which is more a lot of electroacoustic composers. I know use that, which is very much basically not bar based. Is that right? Does anybody know? I, I'm not sure, to be honest with Reaper. Yeah, I I don't know anyone who uses Reaper actually. Um, right. Yeah, I know actually... a few people who are not so they quite like not being so constrained to the beat in the bar kind of thing, and it's more free. Um, so depending on what your what kind of music or sound art you're wanting to make, and is amazing quality and really inexpensive. There's lots of amazing plugins, and you can do a lot of ambisonic and surround sound, and all that you know, high quality binaural and things like that. So in terms of another sort of niche mm. and very accessible world, and then yeah, yeah, as I say, we've got Cubase. What others do we know? Well, I know one that people might not have heard of that's actually amazing I tried it for the first time the other day it's called Bitwig and the people who made Ableton uh, some of them split off quite early on I think it was around version two or three and carried on and you can tell there are similarities between Ableton and Bitwig but Bitwig was very fast very nice to use like very the it looks beautiful and it looks very modern I suppose like in the way that I find Pro Tools looks quite old-fashioned like how the how the buttons are and the colors and everything Bitwig looks really good and yeah it's so fast like the coding I think they've made really clean done the coding really cleanly as they've developed it Hmm. and is that an app or a a laptop situation 
Uh, it's a door, so you can yeah. use it on a laptop, yeah, or, or yeah. desktop. Cool. Um, yeah, and it's cool. You can open multiple projects within one on one window. So, like with most other doors, you to open a different project, you have to close the current one and then open the new one. Mm-hmm. In Bitwig, it has because it's so fast and doesn't use so much CPU. You can actually open multiple projects, and it's fine, and just drag things between them. Wow, cool. I've never heard of that. No, that's well, a new no, one to I'm me. surprised not many people have heard of it, but yeah. it's actually amazing. Yeah, I've just discovered Endless as well with an extra S on the end. Have you heard of that? No. no, is, no. Um, yeah, Tim Exile, um, who's sort of a performance-led musician technologist. He's done a lot of, um, he's made made his own um, plugins and, and software and stuff, as well as being an awesome producer. He, um, he set up um, this software called um, Live Music Making Software called Endless with an extra S. And that's, um, the app is free for iPhone and they're just about to hopefully make it available to Android. And then there's a desktop version. It can integrate with Ableton or possibly Logic as well, but definitely Ableton. But the main thing about it is about collective. It's about, you can collaborate with people around the world, basically in live. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah I know Tim Endless, but I haven't heard of Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously there's Audacity, which is free. That's awesome. Does anybody use Audacity? Do you know what? I've only ever used it many years ago um, before I had Ableton for editing Mm -hmm. and just cutting little bits of tracks out if I needed them. I've never really explored its full functionality, um, but I've heard a lot of people do use it. Yeah, Audacity is good. It's all based on menus. It's very easy to learn, very easy to use. And it accepts, you can put lots of different file types into it. So that's good. And it's free. So that's a yeah. massive plus point. <laughs> awesome, isn't it? Awesome how people can do that. Really amazing. Um, yeah. So do you think it's always necessary to use the latest version? No. No. I um, See, I'm a little bit funny with updating things. I've got a bit of a phobia just because of past issues I've had. When I've been DJing, I used to use a program called Serato and if you updated um Apple Mac's latest um operating system sometimes it would not work no. um and I've had I, I remember actually a while, a while ago I got a new laptop and the Serato wouldn't work because it was the latest operating system and they'd not updated it so um I had to take it back and then to basically um put the old operating system on so it could work and I could go out and DJ um it was very stressful and because of that I'm very nervous about updating things and I just think if it's if I'm using something and it's working I'm like it's fine (laughs) so yeah yeah, um, I, I'm the same. Like if I'm in the middle of an important project or if I'm on tour or doing anything important, like I won't update anything because you can always have problems. But I mean, well, for example, Ableton Live 11 just came out and I couldn't wait to update to that because they've got such good features. Uh, so I suppose it depends. Like, Well, luckily for me, I wasn't in the middle of anything important when I got on the Live 11 beta program. So yeah. yeah. I think it's um, it's one of those things, like you say, not doing it in the middle of a project. Yeah. Because as soon as you, sometimes you can update something and then 
a sound or a plugin might not work and the sound that you've had that you loved could go and it can it can add so much more time onto your project just because you've got to spend that time sorting it out and going through everything I mean it's obviously always you know fixable and there's a solution but if you're on a time constraint or if you want to get something done it's it's the last thing you need really isn't it yeah, yeah yeah that kind of stress is not is not good um but as you say there is usually a workaround it's just making sure you've got enough time and if not call on your community of <laughs> yeah. fellow fellow door users because <laughs> everyone is always happy to help other people yeah. um I think yeah now you did mention plugins without going off topic I think sometimes that can be another whole overwhelming world so do you think do you think one can survive without getting any extra plugins in your door of choice Hmm. Well, that's a tough one because I think you can create, for, for, for me personally, you can create the song that you want, but then I feel like the plugins just put the finishing touches on. So for example, I could write a bass line in a track and I love it, but I know that there's a better sound that I can get that will just make it that little bit more special and fit right um, with a plugin so I think you can create things but I think there's a whole world of opportunity and sounds that you can get with plugins um, when I used to do compositions and I do write a lot of strings they sounded good you can put the effects on but then you can get a plugin that just sounds like an actual orchestra and I think it does make such a difference sometimes to your finished track yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's a good point. I'm going to go back to my earlier point and say that it depends what stage you're at, and I don't think it's worth buying plugins until you know that you can't do that with what you've already got. So until you know that why you want the plugin, and you know that you can't already do it, because well, I teach a lot of beginners. Um, so with my company, we teach uh, level one, which is complete beginner Ableton Live music production. And we've had some of our students spend money on quite expensive plugins. And I can see you get sucked in because the advertising mm. is so compelling. They're saying, oh, you will destroy dance floors with your track if you just get this one plugin for 50 quid. And, and I think um, there's so much in all of the doors come already with so many effects and so many different instruments and so many different parameters within those effects and instruments that I think it's always best to explore what you've got. Yeah, I think you're totally right there. And I think, like you say, it depends what level you're at. Um, for me personally, if I'm wanting to put a track out and, you know, send it to record labels, it needs to be of that high quality. But obviously, if I'm just writing something for myself or you know just for a little piece here and there or just to put something over some video that I might put on Facebook um you know I might not need those plugins so yeah it's it's a really good point depending on what level you're at you don't need to spend all this money if you're just learning the ins and outs and producing stuff for yourself and I also wanted to add that if you're playing live it's better not to use um too many external too many extra plugins because they can really increase the CPU drain. So CPU is the central processing unit of the computer. And if you're using lots of plugins, that can really tax the computer and you can mm. get lags or uh, it might freeze, the screen might freeze or even audio dropouts, which is the worst of the worst when you're on stage. So yeah, it's it might, I know a lot of producers who they'll use 
plugins to finish off the production. Uh, but when they're playing live, they'll use one of the devices already in Ableton because um, it's easier on the computer. Yeah, that's definitely what I do. Or I'd bounce it down, I export it out. So it's you're not having to have that. Definitely that I would agree with that. You don't want that. The worst would be it crashing, but you definitely don't want any extra CPU stress when you're on stage. I also really liked your point, Emily, about how almost the discipline to get as good as what you do before relying on expensive tools. So it's almost like <laughs> learn to drive or learn to draw or learn to do anything before you before you get carried away with all the toys. And it can be overwhelming. Um, I tend to go on recommendation. Um, so recently, somebody I've heard a lot of people talking about the Valhalla reverb plugins, and and you. But at the same time, I'm one of those people that it's it's about I've got the tools I need, and that's enough. So I think it's I think what would be your best advice? Mine would be yeah, don't be overwhelmed. Stick with a few and build it up. Yeah, definitely. It it can be very overwhelming when you open it up and then you think oh, which reverb shall I use on this vocal track? And then you can actually waste a lot of valuable creative time choosing which one to use. And then within each plugin, you have so many parameters. So yeah, I would say stick with what you've got until there's a real reason to buy a new one. Yeah, yeah, fab. You're listening to a snippet of Angel Lee's track, Together As One, featuring Hayley Smith. because I know um, you're both educators, facilitators. I wonder what advice you would give someone trying to choose which door to go for um, and if you know of any trial versions that might be available. To choose which door, I think just sit and look at it and see what you find more comfortable with. Have a go at the buttons and see where you find everything. Get to know um, your way around it. I remember... Um, somebody I know was getting into production and they were umming and ahhing between Logic and Live, decided to go to Ableton, but then actually realised 
actually I prefer logic and the layout and I, I just think it's personal preference so you just need to go and try it and see how comfortable you feel with it yeah that's that's yeah I'd agree with that the only thing is as I said at the beginning I haven't tried out the new feature in logic I still think Ableton is better for live performance yes yeah I, to be honest, I've not heard anybody use Logic for live performance. But yeah, I think there's there's a, a lot more scope, isn't there, with Ableton for live? Yeah. Um, and the equipment that you can get with it, the hardware um, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, um, there's a hardware made by Ableton called Push. Yeah. And it controls nearly every aspect of the door. So you can produce or perform without looking at the screen. Um, so yeah, that's really good for for live performance. Mm, it almost becomes a mixing desk because I wasn't a fan first of all of the push, <laughs> and so I sort of challenged myself to make a track with it, and then um, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I can see this is this becomes an instrument, becomes like a mixing desk. Yeah, and then in terms of trial versions, Ableton do a ninety day trial, so I don't know about Logic actually. Um, to be honest, I'm not too sure, but. GarageBand, which is obviously free on Apple, is a very similar layout if you wanted to have a look and sort of see a sort of more basic version of Logic. I think it's quite similar in its layout and visually it's very similar. Yeah, and you can export tracks out. So yeah, in terms of I think GarageBand is free on all yeah. Apple products and you can also download the apps and that's what I use as a beginner, um, especially in, in primary schools because a lot, they, a lot of them have iPads. So yeah, in that sense, you can export out and it does, again, it gives you a good grounding, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, since you've mentioned schools, can I jump in here and talk about BandLab? Yes, you, please do. Yes. Because I recently discovered this other door called BandLab, which is free and I was looking it looks amazing it's for meant for schools and there's a really good feature where the teachers or the facilitators can interact with the students and it's completely free there's no paid version and they're always going to keep it free um, and yet it looks like a really really good beginner door it's all online so you use it in the browser I guess one of the problems with GarageBand is you have to use it on a Mac and mm. not everyone has or a Mac. Apple product. Yeah, yeah. So BandLab is, um, you can use it on any, on, on your phone. And again, yeah, that's the problem with Ableton. It's not always the best for kids because uh, it can be quite fiddly. Mm. And it's also, you can't use it on your phone or tablet. You have to have a computer, which, yeah, mm. not everyone does. So BandLab, I think, is really good teaching door. Yeah, and then I would say Endless as well with that extra S on the end was definitely one worth checking out and fun because of the sort of community aspect of it. But yeah, there's some really good band lab tutorials as well that I've seen online. Um, yeah, definitely. So we've got hopefully lots of diverse ways in for people there. And since, yeah, we can't cover too much, um, what tips would you get for people wanting to find out more about software and hardware and any other aspects of trying to get themselves set up as an autonomous music making station? I think the really good thing is if you look on YouTube, there are so many tutorials out there. I think Emily touched on that earlier. So it's a really good way to do some research and see how people make tracks, use the software, the ins and outs of it. Um, I think that's a really good starting place. Yep. 
Second shout out to my business partner and friend, Lena, who has her own YouTube channel, LNA Makes Audio Stuff. And she has a really nice, like, approachable way of explaining things. Um, and yeah, there's so much, there's so much on YouTube. So I, yeah, I think that's a great way. And I would advise against reading the manual from start to finish because <laughs> it's too much. It's overwhelming. You'll, you'll give up straight away. And you might, yeah. it might even put you off making music if you start reading the manual. So I would advise starting with a beginner tutorial and going through it and just pausing. So rather mm -hmm. than watching the whole tutorial, especially if it's, if it's more than 10 minutes, rather than watching the whole thing is when you see something, pause it and have it, your door open do it and then watch the next bit because you'll assimilate you'll learn it so much more by doing it yourself otherwise you'll kind of have that light bulb moment of like oh yeah that's what this thing does but it's very easy to forget if you don't immediately do it yourself yeah I think it's always good to if you know anybody that's producing as well chat to them and you know speak to them as well as the YouTube channels and videos as if you if you do know someone have a chat with them, see what they think, see what they like, if you've got access to people that know, obviously use it. But yeah, but YouTube videos are absolutely brilliant. There's so, so much out there. Yeah, and then there's obviously resources, courses as well, both paid for and free that are available from various organisations, which I hope are nice and easy to Google nowadays. Um, yeah, and also don't be scared to ask people. You know, I start when I started out, we didn't have we didn't have YouTube there, so we all we sort of just asked each other, and you feel dumb asking for questions, but that's okay. And then also the fact that um, also wonderful thing about making electronic music, especially on your own, if you like, is that you can find your own way. And often you can find your own sound by finding your own way in, can't you? Yeah, I think sometimes it can be really rewarding to find out and problem shoot yourself. Sometimes, especially if you're working late at night and there's, you know, you're working on something and you just don't know and then you can't speak to anyone because it's too late or nobody's around um, or it's too early. Um, and then you find out yourself how to resolve the issue. It can be a great feeling. Um, and you learn so much doing it that way as well. I feel like we have a peaceful conclusion to the door walls, which I'm very <laughs> pleased about. We haven't fallen out. And also I think we can I think we can agree, dare I as the referee, that um dare I say that I think we can agree that whatever works for you, they all pretty much do the same thing. Um would you agree with that? Hundred percent, yes. Yeah. 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 Finding what suits you, um, you know, like finding the right pair of shoes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I think I think what I'd quite like to finish with is the idea of, um, again, just getting that perspective that um, if, if you're a musician, say, say you play the flute and you're like, well, I can just go to a studio. Someone else can record me. Why would I bother? Why would I bother with the door at all? Why would I bother learning all that? And I know personally, I get such an empowerment, a satisfaction by being able to fully express myself via a laptop, really. I was wondering what your perspective is on that. You know, I've gone into studios and written tracks and, you know, I had somebody help me go through settings and, you know, the parameters and that sort of thing. And I've done it from home as well. And like you say, it's that satisfaction of being able to do it and the comfort, you know, you, 
if you're doing it on a laptop, you can go anywhere, can't you? You can produce anywhere. But for me, it's like being able to just think, right, it's a Friday night, I can go and sit down and go produce. I've got an idea and I can do it straight away. I don't have to book somewhere. And sometimes you, you you might book a studio and you might not be in the mood, you know, your creative juices might not be flowing. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's really good that if you've got access to your door at home, I think, you know, the world's your oyster really then. Yeah, and also the expense is so much cheaper to be able to do it yourself at home and even if let's say your career progresses and maybe in the future you don't have time to do all the recording and editing work yourself then you'll be able to talk to whoever's helping you with it you'll be able to talk mm-hmm. to them and say or make you know if if you're paying someone else to do it and then you need to make a quick edit or a quick change yourself then you can but yeah the independence of being able to experiment and as Angel said like when you're in the mood that's Mm -hmm. a big thing for me of like it's not just having the time it's also being the right just yeah feeling having the headspace or or the ideas it's feeling right isn't it sometimes you can have the total intention of waking up I you know especially during the pandemic I've had a lot of time on my hands um, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll wake up one week and I'll go, right, I'm going to spend three days writing a track and I'm going to get one finished this week. But, you know, you can come down to it and you can be like, well, I, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not in the frame of mind. I don't feel creative. So the joy of having your door at home means that if I'm not feeling creative one day, I might feel creative, you know, two days later and be like, right now I can go and I can do it and it's there so yeah totally agree with that so with your door you can open and close doors whenever you like (laughs) (laughs) sorry that had to be done exactly (laughs) that's fantastic thank you both very much is there anything you want to add on the subject or do you feel like we've covered the essentials um I just think if you are starting out uh just stick at it I know sometimes I felt overwhelmed um, and you can end up spending hours sat at a computer um, creating music and then you'll get another idea and another idea um, and it can feel like overwhelming. You can sometimes feel a bit drained and, you know, take breaks and just stick at it and keep going. Yeah, definitely. I would like to add that if you're ever lacking motivation, collaborating is a really good way to um to get those like get that creativity flowing and also give yourself little deadlines which can be collaborating in person or online and again if you're set up at home then you can collaborate remotely with anyone in the world so finding someone who likes the same genre of music that you like maybe you know maybe you're really good at making beats but you're not so good at melodies well rather than feeling bad about that find someone who loves making melodies and collaborate with them online Um, and then not only do you have that deadline of like oh I want to send this person my beats by this date then they're going to work on their melody and send it back to you and then it kind of it gives you ideas and motivation and you want to carry on with it because the other person's also put the time in and so you end up with a finished product where sometimes on your own it can be hard to finish things 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think that um, bouncing off, you learn so much as well by seeing what other people come up with and what they, how they respond and you're able to respond. It does add an extra freshness, doesn't it? And that's definitely got easier, especially in these more isolated times. That's awesome. Thank you both very much. So where can people find you online and your work? So you can find me online at my website, which is angelleemusic.com. You can find me on Instagram at Angel Lee Music and on Mixcloud at Angel Lee Music and also on Facebook at Angel Lee Music UK. Nice and consistent. Well done, <laughs> Emily. <laughs> yeah, my artist name is Emily J Electric. So, yeah, SoundCloud, Mixcloud, Instagram, Facebook are all Emily J Electric. And then I have a company with my friend Lena called Equalized Music Production. And that is equalizedmusicproduction.com. And that's equalized with a Z, isn't it? Yes, with yeah. a Z. Yeah, fab. Brilliant. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been nice to get your different perspectives and experiences. And I hope that we've helped people feel more relaxed about digital audio workstations and the brilliant, empowering potential they have. Yeah, it was really fun to talk about it. Thanks for having me. It's been really brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Audio Club is a podcast from Yorkshire Sound Women Network presented by me, Cara C, and edited by Joe Kennedy. The theme music is by Iwan Obinyan and it was produced by Abby Bliss. This podcast is supported using public funding by the National Lottery through Arts Council England. To find out more about Yorkshire Sound Women Network, you can visit yorkshiresoundwomen.com. Thank you for listening.